0: The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien Book Two Chapter Two The Council of Elrond He ceased, but at once Boromir stood up, tall and proud before them. Give me leave, Master Elrond, said he, first to say more of Gondor. For verily, from the land of Gondor I am come, and it would be well for all to know what passes here and there. For few, I deem, know of our deeds, and therefore guess little of their peril, if we should fail at last. Believe not that in the land of Gondor the blood of Numenor is spent, nor all its pride and dignity forgotten. By our valour the wild folk of the East are still restrained, The terror of Morgul kept at bay. And thus alone are peace and freedom maintained in the lands behind us, bulwark of the West. But if the passages of the river should be won, what then? Yet that hour maybe is not now far away. The nameless enemy has arisen again. Smoke rises once more from the Ordun that we call Mount Doom power of the Black Land grows, and we are hard beset. When the enemy returned, our folk were driven from Atheliel, our fair domain east of the river, though we kept a foothold there in strength of arms. But this very year, in the days of June, sudden war came upon us out of Mordor, and we were swept away. We were outnumbered, for Mordor has allied itself with the Istilanes and the cruel Herodrim. But it was not by numbers that we were defeated. A power was there that we had not felt before. Some said that it could be seen like a great black horseman, a dark shadow under the moon. Wherever he came, a madness filled our foes. But fear fell on our boldest, so that horse and man gave way and fled. Only a remnant of our eastern force came back destroying the last bridge that still stood amid the ruins of Asgiliath. I was in the company that held the bridge until it was cast down behind us. Four only were saved by swimming, my brother and myself and two others. But still we fight on, beholding all the west shores of Anduin, and those who shelter behind us give us praise, if ever they hear our name. Much praise, but little help. Only from ruin, now, will any men ride to us when we call. In this evil hour I have come on an errand over many dangerous leagues to Elrond. A hundred and ten days I have journeyed all alone, but I do not seek allies in war. The might of Elrond is in wisdom, not in weapons, it is said. I come to ask for counsel and the unravelling of hard words. For on the eve of the sudden assault, a dream came to my brother in a troubled sleep. and afterwards, a like dream came oft to him again, and once to me. In that dream, I thought the eastern sky grew dark, and there was a growing thunder. But in the west, a pale light lingered, and out of it I heard a voice, remote but clear, crying. Seek for the sword that was broken. In Imladris it dwells. There shall be counsels taken, stronger than Morgul spells. There shall be shown a token, that doom is near at hand. For Isildur's bane shall waken, and the halfling forth shall stand. Of these words we could understand little. And we spoke to our father, Dinathor, lord of Minas Tirith, wise in the law of Gondor. This only would he say that Imladris was of old the name among the elves of a far northern dell, where Elrond, the half-elven, dwelled, greatest of law masters. Therefore my brother, seeing how desperate was our need, was eager to heed the dream and seek for Imladris. But since the way was full of doubt and danger, I took the journey upon myself. Loth was my father to give me leave, and long have I wandered by roads forgotten, seeking the house of Elrond, of which many had heard, but few knew where it lay. "'And here, in the house of Elrond, more shall be made clear to you,' said Aragorn, standing up. He cast his sword upon the table that stood before Elrond, and the blade was in two pieces. "'Here is the sword that was broken,' he said." And who are you, and what have you to do with Minas Tirith?" asked Boromir, looking in wonder at the lean face of the ranger and his weather-stained cloak. "He is Elrond son of Erathorn, said Elrond, "and he is descended through many fathers from Isildur Elindil, son of Minas Ithil. He is the chief of the Dúnedain in the north, and few are now left of that folk." Then it belongs to you, and not to me at all, cried Frodo in amazement, springing to his feet, as if he expected the ring to be demanded at once. It does not belong to either of us, said Aragorn, but it has been ordained that you should hold it for a while. Bring out the ring, Frodo,
1: said Gandalf solemnly. The time has come. Hold it up. And then Boromir will understand the remainder of his riddle.
0: There was a hush, and all turned their eyes on Frodo. He was shaken by a sudden shame and fear, and he felt a great reluctance to reveal the ring, and a loathing of its touch. He wished he was far away. The ring gleamed and flickered as he held it up before them in his trembling hand. Behold! Behold! "'Isildur's bane,' said Elrond. Boromir's eyes glinted as he gazed at the golden thing. "'The halfling,' he muttered. "'Is then the doom of Minas Tirith come at last? "'But why then should we seek a broken sword?' "'The words were not the doom of Minas Tirith,' said Aragorn. "'But doom and great deeds are indeed at hand.' For the sword that was broken is the sword of Elindil that broke beneath him when he fell. It has been treasured by his heirs when all other heirlooms were lost. For it was spoken of old among us that it should be made again when the ring, Isildur's bane, was found. Now you have seen the sword that you have sought, what would you ask? Do you wish for the house of Elendil to return to the land of Gondor? I was not sent to beg any boon, but to seek only the meaning of a riddle," answered Boromir proudly. Yet, we are hard pressed, and the sword of Elendil would be a help beyond our hope if such a thing could indeed return out of the shadows of the past. He looked again at Aragorn, and doubt was in his eyes. Frodo felt Bilbo stir impatiently at his side. Evidently, he was annoyed on his friend's behalf. Standing suddenly up, he burst out. All that is gold does not glitter, not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither, deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken, a light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken, the crownless again shall be king. Not very good, perhaps, but to the point, if you need more beyond the word of Elrond. If that was worth a journey of a hundred and ten days to hear, you had best listen to it. He sat down with a snort. I made that up myself, he whispered to Frodo, for the Dane, a long time ago when he first told me about himself. I almost wish that my adventures were not over, and that I could go with him when his day comes. Aragorn smiled at him, then he turned to Boromir again. For my part, I forgive your doubt, he said. Little do I resemble the figures of Elindil and Isildur, as they stand carving in their majesty in the halls of Dinithar. I am but the heir of Isildur, not Isildur himself. I have had a hard life and a long, and the leagues that lie between here and Gondor are a small part in the count of my journeys. I have crossed many mountains and many rivers, and trodden many plains, even into the far countries of Rune and Harad, where the stars are strange. But my home, such as I have, is in the north. For here the heirs of Elendil have ever dwelt in long line unbroken from father unto son for many generations. Our days have darkened, and we have dwindled ever the sword has passed to a new keeper. In this I will say to you, Boromir, ere I end. Lonely men are we, rangers of the wild, hunters, but hunters ever of the servants of the enemy, for they are found in many places, not in Mordor only. If Gondor, Boromir, has been a stalwart tower, we have played another part. Many evil things there are that your strong walls and bright swords do not stay. You know little of the land beyond your bounds, peace and freedom, do you say? The North would have known them little but for us, fear would have destroyed them. But when dark things come from the houseless hills or creep from sunless woods, they fly from us. What roads would any dare to tread? What safety would there be in quiet lands, or in the homes of simple men at night, if the Dan were asleep, or were all gone into the grave? And yet, less thanks have we than you. Travelers scowl at us, and countrymen give us scornful names. Strider, I am to one fat man who lives within a day's march of foes, that would freeze his heart. or lay his little town in ruin if he were not guarded ceaselessly, yet we would not have it otherwise. If simple folk are free from care and fear, simple they will be, and we must be secret to keep them so. That has been the task of my kindred, while the years have lengthened and the grass has grown. But now the world is changing once again. A new hour comes, Asildur's bane is found. Battle is at hand. The sword shall be reforged. I will come to minister it. Tirith. Asildur's bane is found, you say, said Boromir. I have seen a bright ring in the halfling's hand, but Asildur perished ere this age of the world began, they say. How do the wise know that this ring is his? And how has it passed down the years, until it is brought hither by so strange a messenger? That shall be told, said Elrond. But not yet, I beg, Master, cried Bilbo. Already the sun is climbing to the noon, and I feel the need of something to strengthen me. I had not named you, said Elrond, smiling. But I do so now. Come, tell us your tale. And if you have not yet cast your story into verse, you may tell it in plain words. The briefer, the sooner shall you be refreshed. Very well, said Bilbo. I will do as you bid, but I will now tell the true story. And if some here have heard me tell it otherwise, he looked sidelong at Gloyne, I ask them to forget it and forgive me. I only wished to claim the treasure as my very own in those days and to be rid of the name of thief that was put on me but perhaps i understand things a little better now to some their bilbo's tale was wholly new and they listened with amazement while the old hobbit actually not all that displeased recounted his adventure with Gollum at full length he did not omit a single riddle he would have given also an account of his party and disappearance from the Shire if he had been allowed, but Elrond raised his hand. Well told, my friend, he said, but that is enough at this time. For the moment it suffices to know that the ring passed to Frodo, your heir. Let him speak now. Then, less willingly than Bilbo, Frodo told of all his dealings with the ring from the day that it passed into his keeping. Every step of his journey from Hobbiton to the Ford of Brunan was questioned and considered, and everything that he could recall concerning the Black Riders was examined. At last, he sat down again. Not bad, Bilbo said to him. You would have made a good story of it if they hadn't kept on interrupting. I tried to make a few notes, but we shall have to go over it again, together sometime, if I am to write it up. There are whole chapters of stuff before you ever got here. Yes, it made quite a long tale, answered Frodo. But the story still does not seem complete to me. I still want to know a good deal, especially about Gandalf. Galdor of the Havens, who sat nearby, overheard him. You speak for me also, he cried. And turning to Elrond, he said, The wise may have good reason to believe that the halfling's trove is indeed the great ring of long debate. Unlikely, though, that may seem to those who know less. But may we not hear the proofs? And I would ask this also. What of Saruman? He is learned in the law of the rings, yet he is not among us. What is his counsel, if he knows the things that we have heard? The questions that you ask, Galdor, are bound together, said Elrond. I had not overlooked them, and they shall be answered. But these things it is the part of Gandalf to make clear. And I call upon him last, for it is the place of honour, and in all this matter he has been the chief.
1: Some, Galdor, said Gandalf, would think the tidings of Gloin and the pursuit of Frodo proof enough that the halfling's trove as a thing of great worth to the enemy. Yet it is a ring. What then? The nine the Nazgûl keep, the seven are taken or destroyed. At this gloin stirred, but did not speak. The three we know of. What then is this one that he desires so much? There is indeed a wide waste of time between the river. And the mountain between the loss and the finding. But the gap in the knowledge of the wise has been filled at last, yet too slowly, for the enemy has been close behind, closer than even I feared. And well it is that not until this year, this very summer as it seems, did he learn the full truth. Some here will remember that many years ago I myself dared to pass the doors of the necromancer N'Donguldur, and secretly explored his ways, and found thus that our fears were true. He has none other than Sauron, our enemy of old, at length taken shape and power again. Some, too, will remember also that Saruman dissuaded us from open deeds against him, And for long we watched him only. Yet at last, as his shadow grew, Saramon yielded, and the Council put forth its strength and drove the evil out of Mirkwood. And that was in the very year of the finding of this ring. A strange chance, if chance it was. But we were too late, as foresaw. Sauron also had watched us, and had long prepared against our stroke, Governing Mordor from afar through Minis Morgul, Where his nine servants dwelt until all was ready. Then he gave way before us, but only feigned to flee, and soon came to the Dark Tower and openly declared himself. Then, for the last time the council met, For now we learned that he was seeking ever more eagerly for the One. We feared then that he had some news of it that we knew nothing of. But Saruman said nay, and repeated what he had said to us before, that the One would never again be found in Middle-earth. At the worst, he said, our enemy knows that we have it not, and that it is still lost. But what was lost may yet be found, he thinks. Fear not, his hope will cheat him. Have I not earnestly studied this matter? Into Undune the Great it fell, and long ago, while Sauron slept, it was rolled down the river to the sea. There let it lie until the end.
0: Gandalf fell silent gazing eastward from the porch to the far peaks of the misty mountains, at whose great roots the peril of the world had so long lain hidden. He sighed.
1: "'There I was at fault,' he said. "'I was lulled by the words of Sarum on the ways, but I should have sought for the truth sooner, and our peril would now be less.' "'We were all at fault,' said Elrond.
0: And but for your vigilance, the darkness, maybe, would already be
1: upon us, but say on." "'For the first my heart misgave me, against all reason that I knew,' said Gandalf, "'and I desired to know how this thing came to Gollum, and how long he had possessed it. So I set a watch for him, guessing that he would ere long come forth from his darkness to seek for his treasure. He came, but he escaped, and was not found, and then alas, I let the matter rest, watching and waiting only, as we have too often done. Time passed with many cares, until my doubts were awakened again to sudden fear. Whence came the Hobbit's Ring? What, if my fear was true, should be done with it? Those things I must decide. But I spoke yet of my dread to none, knowing the peril of an untimely whisper if it went astray. In all the long walls of the Dark Tower, treason has ever been our greatest foe. That was seventeen years ago, soon I became aware that spies of many sorts, even beasts and birds, were gathering around the Shire, and my fear grew. I called for the help of the Dane, and their watch was doubled. I opened my heart to Aragorn, the heir of Isildur. And I, said Aragorn, counseled that we should hunt for Gollum,
0: too late though it may seem. And since it seemed fit that Isildur's heir should labour to repair Isildur's fault, I went with Gandalf on a long and hopeless search. Then Gandalf told how they had explored the whole length of Wilderland down even, to the Mountains of Shadow and the Fences of Mordor.
1: There we had rumour of him, and we guessed that he dwelt there long in the dark hills. But we never found him, and at last I despaired. And then, by despair, I thought again of a test that might make the finding of Gollum unneeded. The ring itself might tell if it were the one. The memory of words at the council came back to me. Words of Saramon, half-heeded at the time. I heard them now clearly in my heart. The nine, the seven, and the three, he said, had each their proper gem. not so the one. It was round and unadorned, as it were one of the lesser rings, but its maker set marks upon it, The skilled maybe could still see and read. Where those marks were he had not said, who now would know? The maker and Saruman? But great though his law may be, it must have a source. What hand save Saurons ever held this thing ere it was lost? The hand of a Sildor alone With that thought, I forsook the chase, and passed swiftly to Gondor. In former days, the members of my order had been well received there, but Saruman's most of all. Often he had been for long the guest of the lords of the city. Less welcome did the Lord Dinithor show me than than of old, and grudgingly he permitted me to search among his ordered scrolls and books. If indeed you look only, as you say, for records of ancient days and the beginnings of the city, read on. For to me, what was is less dark than what is to come, and that is my care. But unless you have more skill even than Saruman, who has studied here long, you will find naught that is not well known to me, who, a master of the lore of this city, so said Denethor, and yet their line has holds many records that few, even of the lawmasters masters, now can read, for their scripts and tongues have become dark to later men. In Boromir, there lies and ministereth still unread, I guess, by any save Saruman and myself since the kings failed. A scroll that Ecthelion made himself. For Isildur did not march away straight from the war in Mordor, as some have told the tale. Some in the north, maybe, Boromir broke in. All know in Gondor that he went first to Minas Anor and dwelt a while with his nephew
0: Minadil, instructing him before he committed to him the rule of the South Kingdom. In that time he planted there the last sapling of the
1: white tree in memory of his brother. But in that time also he made this scroll, said Gandalf, and that is not remembered in Gondor, it would seem, for this scroll concerned the Ring, and thus wrote Isildur therein. The Great Ring shall go now to be an heirloom of the North Kingdom, Records of it shall be left in Gondor, where also dwells the heir of Alindil, lest a time come when the memory of these great matters shall grow dim. And after these words, Hildor described the ring, such as he found it. It was hot when I first took it, hot as a gleed, and my hand was scorched, so that I doubt if ever again I shall be free of the pain of it. Yet, even as I write, it is cool, and it seemeth to shrink, though it loseth neither its beauty nor its shape. Already the writing upon it, which at first was so clear as red flame, fadeth, and is now only barely to be read. It is fashioned in an elven script of origin, for oh, they have no letters in Mordor for such subtle work, but the language is unknown to me. I deem it to be a tongue of the Blackland, since it is foul and uncouth. What evil it saith I do not know, but I trace here a copy of it, lest it fade. Beyond recall, the ring misseth, maybe, the heat of Sauron's hand, which was black and yet burned like fire. And so Gilgalad was destroyed, and maybe were the gold made hot again the writing would be refreshed, but for my part I will risk no hurt to this thing, of all the works of Sauron, the only fair. It is precious to me, though I buy it with great pain. When I read these words, my quest was ended, for the traced writing was indeed, as a sealed guest, in the tongue of Mordor and the servants of the Tower, and what was said therein was already known. For in the day of Sauron put on the one, Selimbumor, maker of the three, was aware of him, and from afar he heard him speak these words, and so his evil purposes were revealed. At once I took my leave of the Dinithor, and even as I went northward, messages came to me out of Lorien that Aragorn had passed that way, and that he had found the creature called Gollum. Therefore, I went first to meet him and hear his tale. Into what deadly perils he had gone alone, I dared not
0: guess. There is little need to tell them, then, said Aragorn. If a man must needs walk in sight of the Black Gate, or tread the deadly flowers of Morgul Vale, then perils he will have. I too despaired at last, and I began my homeward journey. And then, by fortune, I came suddenly on what I sought. The marks of soft feet beside a muddy pool. But now the trail was fresh and swift, and it led not to Mordor, but away. Along the skirts of the dead marsh as I followed it. And then I had him, lurking by a stagnant mere, peering in the water as the dark eve fell. I caught him, Gollum. He was covered with green slime. He will never love me, I fear, for he bit me, and I was not gentle. Nothing more did I ever get from his mouth than the marks of his teeth. I deemed it the worst part of all my journey, the road back, watching him day and night, making him walk before me with a halter on his neck, gagged, until he was tamed by lack of drink and food, driving him ever towards Mirkwood brought him there at last and gave him to the elves for we had agreed that this should be done and I was glad to be rid of his company for he stank for my part I hope never to look upon him again but Gandalf came and endured long speech
1: with him yes long and weary said Gandalf but not without profit for one thing the tale he told of his loss agreed with that which Bilbo was now told openly for the first time, but that mattered little since I had already guessed it. But I learned then first that golem's ring came out of the great niver nigh to the gladdened fields, and I learned also that he had possessed it long, many lives of his small kind. The power of the ring had lengthened his years far beyond their span, but that power only the great ring's willed And if that is not proof enough, Galdor, there is the other test that I spoke of. Upon this very ring which you have here seen held aloft, round and unadorned, the letters that, as Ildor reported, may still be read, if one has the strength of will to set the golden thing in a fire a while. That I have done, and this I have read. The change in the wizard's voice was astounding. Suddenly,
0: it became menacing, powerful, harsh as a stone. A shadow seemed to pass over the high sun, and the porch for a moment grew dark. All trembled, and the elves stopped their ears. Never before has any voice dared to utter words of that tongue in Imlandris, Gandalf the Grey, said Elrond, as the shadow passed and the company breathed once more.
1: And let us hope that none will ever speak it here again, answered Gandalf. Nonetheless I do not ask your pardon, Master Elrond, for if that tongue is not soon to be heard in every corner of the west, then let all put doubt aside that this thing is indeed with the wise have declared, the treasure of the enemy, fraught with all his malice, and in it lies a great part of his strength of old. Out of the black years come the words that the Smiths of Irizon heard, and knew that they had been betrayed. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, bind them. Know also, my friends, that I learned more yet from Gollum. He was loth to speak, and his tale was unclear, but it is beyond all doubt that he went to Mordor, and there all that he knew was false from him. Thus. The enemy knows now that the one is found, that it was long in the Shire, and since the servants have pursued it almost to your door, he soon will know, already he may know, even as I speak, that we have it here.